welcoming Lionel Messi to the River Plate Supporters Club. Welcome to Hand of Pod. episode 467 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam and I'm joined this week by Andres. Hello, welcome. An English town. Hello. Uh, today has has been Lionel Messi's first training session with Inter Miami and Andres was telling us just before he uh, we started recording um, that apparently Messi has also released a new sandwich, burger, but is it a burger if it's chicken? Anyway, yeah, debatable. sandwich. A new product um, at uh, the Hard Rock Cafe in Miami, and it's a chicken sandwich. And therefore, Andres has decided he must be a River fan. This, of course, is something that has been debated hotly mm. for quite a bit of Messi's career, and now we have hard proof at last. Um, shall I get right on with the results since we last recorded? No time like the present. First thing I will say is that I've spent the whole of this week completely snowed under with quite a big and quite confusing um, proofread project. So while I did see some of these matches, I've completely forgotten all of them. So it's going to be one of those weeks, uh, yet another one, where I feel the uh, sound of it discombobulated at times. Estudiantes versus Racing ended nil nil. San Lorenzo versus River ended nil nil. Promise if you start. remember, uh, if you remember last week's episode and the permutations we gave you, then your ears might have just pricked up at that second result. Platense versus Sarmiento was one nil to Sarmiento. Instituto nil Tigre one. Vélez Sarsfield one Godoy Cruz one. Banfield nil Arsenal nil. Defensa y Justicia two Lanús two. Barracas Central nil, Argentinos Juniors nil, and Colón nil, Belgrano nil. Boca got a 1-0 win over Huracán in the Bombonera. Tacheres, here we go, are River champions yet? Nil, so maybe, but Union also nil, so not quite. And Rosario Central 2, Central Cordoba nil, Independiente nil, Newell's Old Boys 2, and Atletico Tucumán 2, Gimnasia nil. So three consecutive 2-0 scorelines. At the end there. And by my calculations, there were 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, eight, Lots of nil nil. A lot of nil 12, 14, no, what, 14 16, 16 teams that failed to score a goal this yeah. weekend. Mm. Which sounds like a lot. Yeah, out of 28. Yeah. If it was 16 out of a proper first division, then that really would be a lot. <laughs> really, yes. We don't have a proper first division. Um, those results, as I've hinted, do not quite have the title to River just yet, but they do mean that with nine points left to play for, River are nine points clear at the top of the table. They're guaranteed to, as uh, I saw it put in, in one place, guaranteed first place on points, even though they're not guaranteed the title, because... That's the ridiculous way in which Argentine sports journalists talk about things. Uh, no, there, there won't be a, a, in case River loses all of their matches and the Chess won't wins 
there will be a goal difference uh, decider, right? Not a. No, no, it's a. Ah, it will be a match. Oh, okay. Always a playoff. If it's for a meaningful thing, relegation or the title, then it's still a playoff. Um, which means, as Andres has just helped us to point out, that Tacheres mathematically do still have a chance, even though they're giving up quite a lot goal difference wise. Uh, there's no point telling you what the goal difference is, but Rivers is better. They could win. Huracan is just. I know if the worst team in the league actually, but yeah, I think they are. Yeah, uh, at least on very recent form because Arsenal had a terrible start, but they've actually picked up a couple of points. Whereas Huracan kind have of just been dire. Let's just have a quick look. I'm just wondering whether this has got a. Oh God! What did I just press there? Any sign, sort of foundation? In fact, uh, there is a form table and. Well, yes. actually, over the last five matches, both Oregon and Arsenal have four losses and one draw. Oregon um, have won exactly... But I think you're right that in, in the last 20 matches, uh, the 24 that have been played, probably Oregon are worse than Arsenal. I can go even further, Sam. Go on. Since round four on February the 17th, Oregon have won... One match in the league against Arsenal. Nice. So that's one win in 20 matches or 21 matches. Magnificent. Not exactly great going. Indeed. Um, the reason that we're talking about how bad Huracan are is that they are Tacheres' next opponents. They will host Tacheres on Friday evening at half past nine. Rivera's next match is at home to Estudiantes on Saturday evening at Tandecita, as we like to say here in Argentina, the little afternoon. Oh, it's not quite the afternoon anymore, but it's also not quite the evening. Dusk. Yes, Tacheres must, must win only to River. Uh, that will force River to have to at least uh, draw that match against Estudiantes. Yeah, and if Tacheres don't win, which, as we've just said, seems unlikely, uh, then a, a River win would be enough. But if Tacheres win, a River lose against Estudiantes, we go to next weekend. Mm. And uh, the next weekend, the fixtures for those two are that River will visit Rosario Central and Tacheres will um, host Gimnasia. And if Tacheres win that and River lose against Central, <laughs> then we go to the final weekend and we'll have a nail-biting finish. Uh, and in that, Tacheres will be away to Newells and River will be other home to Racing. So there we go. It's oh, again, it's Racing could be, and again, well, in this case, Racing in the last uh, league uh, had chances to, to win the, tour the tournament. Mm. In this case, will be the other way around. Indeed. Um, so yeah, River almost. I mean, it there. would be slightly more embarrassing, I think, for River if <laughs> Racing cost them this championship compared to a River. Costing Racing the last one. Indeed. Or, or indeed compared to the way that uh, Racing cost River Marcelo Gachardo's first potential league campaign. When Gachardo basically threw away what turned out to be the title decider because he preferred to beat Boca over two legs in the Sudamericana semi-finals against Racing. I'm going to be writing about that But the blizzard, funnily enough. But as so we, keep an eye out for that. As we talk about uh, how Grab uh, Huracan uh, uh, are, well, Stientes is better but not that better. Indeed. Um, but going back to the matches that have been played... Estudiantes are sixth in the league, and we're going to second last. Yes, I, perhaps <laughs> because they lost... I mean, they are shit, but that's because oh, right. almost every team in the league is shit. 
Well, form-wise, though, Estudiantes yeah. in their last five have got one loss and four draws. Uh, the four draws are their last four matches, in fact. So, yeah. Sort of, it's, I mean, it's over. It's better, but form-wise... It might not happen this weekend, which, but it probably will, but the title's over. But River they, are going to get one point out of nine. The, the way that they lost for Copa Sudamericana and the way that Eduardo Dominguez reacted to that uh, defeat... But perhaps make you think that they are better, worse than they are. But uh, oh yeah, of course we've got Copa Sudamericana to talk about a bit later. Which that's largely going to consist of you two telling me what happened after I read the scores out. I think because I was not paying any attention to it. Um, but dragging this back onto our normal first half of the podcast topic, which is what happened since we last recorded. Uh, San Lorenzo versus Rebo seems like the right place to start. We mentioned last week that Racing came close to in the previous round of matches. Uh, to suffering the indignity of conceding twice to San Lorenzo. <laughs> Rivo were never close to um, conceding twice to San Lorenzo, but they did fail to do what I predicted they'd do and get an away win, thus becoming the first mm. team to win in the Nuevo Gasometro, this, well, apart from San Lorenzo, obviously, uh, this year. Um, and they failed to do so by you of quite a lot of wasteful finishing, Andres. Yes, I, I found it was a quite dull, ma- dull match, a uh, mm. hot match, more talk than played match with uh, perhaps San Lorenzo uh, playing playing it. I mean, I think River again uh, uh, didn't have the possibility to become champions at that uh, uh, winning that by winning that match. But it looked like San Lorenzo said, "Okay, you won't uh, become champions at my stadium, even when well mathematically that wasn't possible." And they played it with, uh, yes, a lot of pressing in all of the, uh, the lines, not, not leaving River play. That is perhaps the, the, the right way to say it. They, are, they were home and you say, wait, they, they were uh, blocking River and they were home. Well, yes, that, that is somehow what happened. And River wasn't fresh, wasn't uh, uh, clear. Uh, having played three years uh, a goal with uh, against Colón. That is something strange because there is no Copa Libertadores yeah. that uh, following the following week, and on 9th of July there were, like we said uh, in the last episode, there were matches. In, yes, for some reason, yeah. And uh, so, well, uh, why don't they? Why didn't they play on on Sunday? Well, I don't know why, but they ended up playing on Wednesday against Colón, and then on Saturday against um, against San Lorenzo and. Uh, yes, they weren't uh, uh, with passes or, or, or clear passes and, and chances like it would have been ideal, perhaps. I mean, the other we thing is... Say, that, go on. Sorry, that, this is what San Lorenzo were waiting for, right? This was their <laughs> moment to just spoil. Spoil, spoil, spoil. And they did it even down to 10 men for the last 20 minutes after Nahuel Barrios got sent off. Something which prompted one of my mm. river sporting friends to fume that he should try pickers on someone his own size. We'd have to find someone small enough, wouldn't we? One of the ball boys. Indeed, yeah. Um, but yeah, San Lorenzo, for all that you know, we've talked last week, particularly in the context of uh, complaining about Racing's inconsistency, uh, for all that San Lorenzo haven't been very good to watch this year, and for all that they're a, a very limited team, I think one thing that we have managed to overlook is that they're third in the table, and they've conceded the frankly ridiculous number of nine goals in 24 matches. And you don't do that 
without being, particularly when you're not a very good team, uh, without being happy to just not play well, even at home, and set up and spoil the match. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a young team as well, which makes it even more surprising. Like, apart from you know the ancient Carlos Sanchez, who also left that game early uh, through injury, all of their team were... Um, 27 or under, mm. and a lot, lot of teenagers, a lot of 21, 22 year olds, um, but they're playing, you know, with a lot of maturity, if not much spark, which is kind of the opposite of what you imagine sometimes when it's you ge- fill a team of kids, but... It's Generation Z, isn't it, though? The, the, the technology and, and growing yeah. up as digital natives it's has fried their brains and taken away their creativity. I blame TikTok. That's the problem with It's a rocky team, they know their limitations. And they play like well. It doesn't. We don't care if we're not playing nice football and and, and don't uh, like us and you don't like us. It's the way I, we must play because we are like that. And uh, it's like Insua uh, watch uh, made the, the the players watch a video of the of Manchester City and said, "Well, are you watching? Manchester? We are not playing like this." <laughs> That's and, and, and don't really do any yeah. of that. Whatever they're doing, do the opposite. <laughs> Stay still, don't drift into other positions and kick the ball really hard at the field. It reminds me of um, a When Saturday Comes cover uh, after, right after Steve McLaren took over as England manager, mm. uh, having been Svenjorn Eriksson's assistant before. And it was a picture of the two of them during the World Cup pointing with, with Eriksson, clearly taken on the sidelines of one of the matches and Eriksson's pointing at the players. And uh, the headline was... Outgoing England boss gives advice to successor or something, and they've got a speech bubble coming out of Ericsson's mouth saying, "Don't pick any of these players." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it has to be said that for all of, of San Lorenzo's discipline and everything, they got a little bit lucky in the second half that River created a host of opportunities and couldn't put any of them away. But primarily, not a very good match to watch. No. Um, no, I was kind of flicking back and forth on that one and really didn't at any point see anything that which made me want to watch more than five minutes in a row. Indeed. Do Did either of you watch Tacheres versus Union a couple of days later? Which mm, obviously, yeah, after having, River having dropped points, this was the one that Andres would have been hoping Union won. Again, kind of flitted back and forth and really didn't find anything to, um, to grab my attention for a sustained period of time. I blame TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've been spending too much time. I don't know really what TikTok is, but that. it seems to be there. I, I was able thing. to watch the former, uh, the previous match that I should play on their stadium against Godet Cruz, and oh, that one was good, wasn't it? Yes, they, yeah. they were, they, but they were. It was a, those those examples or few examples of it was one one well played oh. matches between two teams. That attack very well and defend not that well, but uh, it was entertaining and uh, uh, it wasn't easy for Tacheres. I think that the pressure of, of having perhaps uh, to win every match is mm. hard for them. Mm. And they have great attacking, as, as, I, as I said, with Michael Santos, the Uruguayan, Valoyes, Valoyes, the Colombian, who now appears to be pleased to be at Tacheres because uh, some time ago it was Boca River yeah. or a lot of teams that. Uh, it, it wasn't clear whether he would stay at Cordoba and finally, and he's producing well, well, uh, plays. It is quite amazing what Tashiris have managed, basically just relying on two players, Santos yeah. and Valoches, because none of their other players seem to make any impact on the game whatsoever. Mm. Um, credit to Union as well, though. Um, I have to say they looked sunk 
as recently as about a month ago, but they've dragged themselves away from that bottom spot, you know, helped by Huracan's even worse record, um, and put a couple of couple of results together. So but yeah, maybe they'll survive. But yeah, one good. of one of the things that why or the reason why Sebastián uh, Mendes that who left, we we talked about this uh, that he left to go for to to Vélez. One of the things that uh, uh, the point why why reasons why he was criticized is because the, the team was like being like trying to 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 go a bit uh, well to to improve mm. and mm. and he he left just when this this was happening uh, yeah because Union previously was like a team um, that well yes not a, a team to watch perhaps. Mm. Uh, And the way he left, and, and 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 the moment in which he left, was something that, uh, of course, didn't like to. I realized Kili Gonzalez the pitch up there. Yeah. Nor do I. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. He had a bit of a spot. He ran at Central, but maybe this one will go better for him. Yeah. The Union's defense has definitely improved. Um, they're not. They they put together that run of three straight wins in late May, early June, mm. and then since then they've drawn four. One one against Independiente and lost one. So yeah, as you say, it's a decent run, and the defense has, has really tightened up. They've kept three clean sheets in the last four, and the one defeat was just a one nil loss to Atlético Tucumán, um, and that's what they needed to do. And from Tachera's point of view, eh, it's been. Hang on a second. Let me get their results here. Um, a month and a week since they last scored more than one goal in a match. They have. Two wins, two draws, and one defeat in that time. Uh, but those have been one nil, a two-one defeat to Lanús, one-one, one nil, and now nil-nil. So the goals are, as you said, I mean they've relied on on Valoyes uh, and Santos, and the goals are starting to dry up a little bit for them. Uh, just at the business end of the campaign, um, I'm wondering. I mean, they've got some kind fixtures coming up, right? Oh, I've just noticed, by the way, that their next match scheduled is against River after oh. Uh Not in the league, of course, but in the Copa Argentina. Oh. Uh, so that's that. That'll be nice for them. Right after, probably right after they um, lose out on the title to River uh, this weekend. Um, they've got a relatively kind run of fixtures in the league now, but it's not going to make a huge of, of difference. I'm, I'm looking at it and wondering with the goals drying up. Are they going to miss out on second? Are San Lorenzo going to overtake them? I mean, if they get outscored by San Lorenzo, they kind of deserve to. Mm. Uh, could, could happen. happen. Could happen. It could happen. They've currently, I mean, they're not going to get outscored because San Lorenzo have 22 goals for and Tacheres have 38. Mm. Um, it would be a collapse of quite epic proportions, but San Lorenzo are only two points behind. So Watch out for Lanús as well because they've also got a fairly mm, true. comfortable... Um, End round of fixtures, I think they've got uh, Banfield at home, which is about as much as of a gimme as you can get outside of well, Oda It is a classical, though, remember. It so. is a classical. Extra motivation. Uh, then they have Instituto away and Barraca Central at home. Yeah. So six points from that is doable. Indeed, they are four behind Tacheres, though, so it's. It's asking a bit, but as I say, with the goals growing up for Tacheres. But Barraca Central could be. I, I could mention them as the revelation, perhaps, team. Mm. Well, not, I, I, uh, of course, according to what you, we expected to do, 
I think. Yeah. Oh, Sam. Yes, Dan. Uh, I'm not going to say much about Racing this week. Oh, why because not? they're just a bit rubbish, really. Um, as were Estudiantes, Racing team packed with kids because half of the team had left midweek when their contracts were up or yeah. rescinded. Um, ground out a 0-0 draw against Estudiantes. Didn't do much, except for maintaining Racing's very pleasing symmetry. Because now, after 32 games, they have yeah. 8 wins, 8 draws, 8 defeats, scoring 31 and 31. Yeah. If they'd only drawn that game 1 all, yes, that it would have been, been even more aesthetically pleasing. Magnificent. But I will be keeping tabs on this until the end of the season, because that's pretty much all I have to cheer league-wise. I was wondering, though, whether, as, as you say, and we mentioned in passing last week that Racing were going to had had a big turnover of players kind of in between matches almost. Mm. Can you tell us anything about any of the kids? Because apart from noting that one of them exults in the magnificent first name of Baltasar, Baltasar um, yeah. I don't know anything about any of them. So, I mean, you've seen them a little bit more than I have. Yeah, Bal- Baltasar looked pretty useful. He's kind of playing well out on the... Uh, on the left wing in a game which was played almost exclusively through a tiny little channel in the middle, so a little bit starved to possession, had to sort of barge his way in to, um, to get noticed, but had a couple of um, interesting touches. Um, Tomas Aviles, I've mentioned a couple of times this season, you know, he's a bit more established, he's come in um, at the back or in midfield, looked very accomplished. The only thing is, he seems to get booked every single game, um, which is fine, you know, defender. Um, Emiliano Salialarri, um, similar, very mm, kind of uncomfortable to mark, left-footed uh, winger slash forward, uh, needs to kind of lift his head up a bit and, and kind of get used to the fact he's playing with teammates. But then that's you could say that about some of the more experienced players in Racing's team as well. Mm. Um, and then yeah, off the bench, Ojeda, Agustin Ojeda came on very late, didn't get much of a run. Tomas Perez, Ditto, seventeen years old, got three or four minutes at the end. Catriel Cavellos, very um, highly regarded defender who. Um, who is Argentine but has uh, represented Peru at under 20 level despite being only 18 Yeah, didn't get yeah, as I say much of a chance in the game which was just petering out um, five minutes from the end but a uh, lot of promise around him apparently obviously there's Juan Nardoni as well but he's pretty much an ever present so it's easy to forget that he's yeah and they paid like 5 million but to Union for him so I'm yes, not going to classify course, yeah, him not quite in the uh in the same bracket and Santiago Quiroz the last one 20 year old defender looked again very comfortable alongside um, Sigali and Aviles this kind of new look free man defence that Gago's been rolling out the last few weeks and has at least sort of tightened up one of the worst defences in the league um, recently which is good uh, yeah it's encouraging but it's not a team that's going to strike Fear into the hearts of Atletico Nacional, you wouldn't think, in the Libertadores. Uh, Agustino Mendrez apparently started training 
with uh, Racing now. Sí, we have to. Boca. Have to so that would be interesting, but they need a striker. Come on. Big precision that he will need because how, mm. how many times that he hasn't played a match? I don't know. Could even be much worse than Jonathan Gomez or, or us half the players in Racing's team, though? I don't think so. We shall find out. Yes. Um, moving on to other matches over the weekend, the first thing that I will say before we discuss Boca Huracan for about two seconds is that as we talk, TIC Sports are on Dan's television in mute discussing Boca's transfer market and assuring us in no uncertain terms that on Friday, Edinson Cavani is going to sign for Boca Juniors. Now, the last time that we dedicated significant time to something TIC Sports said were going to, was going to happen to Boca Juniors was when we spent like 20 minutes discussing how great it was going to be that Gerardo Martino was coming in as manager the following day. And then he said no, about three hours after I <laughs> uploaded the episode. Um, so we are not going to, do, to dedicate any time whatsoever to Edinson Cavani joining Boca. No. And therefore I would like to congratulate Boca Juniors fans for the fact that by the time you listen to this, you've probably signed him because we refuse to talk about it. It's, it will be, anyway, if he finally uh, oh, arrives. I said we weren't going to. It will be a, another episode of Rondon and... and I mean, nah, Cavani's it's better than. Yeah, but he, he hasn't scored a goal since uh, six months, I think. Well, he's not played in six months, yeah. in fairness. No, no, no actually, he I hasn't played. No, yeah, he's playing for Valencia. Valencia. Yes. Um, so yeah, no, maybe he has. Um, anyway, Boca without Cavani uh, scored a goal through Luis Vasquez against Huracan. I would find it difficult to say that it wasn't a deserved win. Uh, it came quite early in the second half, um, but they had been well on top in the first half and then they proceeded to largely dominate the second half as well. As we have mentioned, Dora Khan aren't very good no. and Boca were in the Bombonera, where they are quite good. Um, not great, but quite good. Um, and Yes, they happened very... in Santiago, they feel more comfortable, which is yeah. strange because they are, I mean... Of course, they are a team which sometimes you say, oh, yeah, it's a good team. And are they are following much, you say, this is the same team. Mm. Uh, because it's really hard to explain how they can play like the other day. And uh, like, for example, uh, Gode Cruz, in which it was a team with players that uh, yes. they looked like they, did, they didn't know each other. Uh, so, yes, but they feel comfortable at the, at the Bombonera. And that, that doesn't happen when they play away. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and, you know, again, Huracan aren't very good, so... No. Home advantage against them, and the fact that you're just a better team um, certainly helps. But, yeah, it, it was a very just standard meat and two veg. And they didn't... stuck in <laughs> and do the basics right. They didn't need to but score more than one. Because when they, even when they became champions, were like that. Uh, one goal, single... Simple and not conceding, and this is it. Indeed. Um, as we've already mentioned, or as Dan mentioned, a lot of nil-nil draws and a lot of teams who failed to score this weekend. Anybody have anything to mention about the other matches that we've not discussed yet? It sounds like tumbleweeds to me. Shall we move to half-time? Yes. Early? yes. Very yes. early. Is there nothing else we can talk about in the first half? Are we forgetting something? I don't think so. The title race yeah. is the main order of the day at the moment. And after talking about Messi, almost. After talking about Messi, you say what? 
What are we talking about now? Yeah, well, I mean, we can talk about it maybe a little bit. I can't really think of anything to say. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll discuss some stuff in the second half. Obviously, one thing that a normal podcast about a normal league might put in here is some chat about the relegation battle going down to the wire now as well. But we can't even do that because, A, it's not. as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, they've taken one of the relegation spots off us, which takes away a lot of jeopardy there. And B, the league might be about to finish, but the relegation battle's still at like 15 matches. And let's go. They stay with the two relegations. System. Yeah, fingers crossed. We'll, um, there isn't any talk that they're going to take another one away, is there? No, I don't know. Okay, nah, sure. I'm just wondering whether you were saying that because of something I hadn't read mm-hmm. or whether it was um, idle speculation. So anyway, we're going to take a half-time break, refill our glasses, and we will be back right after this music. Dan stepped out for a cigarette during the halftime break, and uh, almost as soon as he left the room, Andreas laughed at a uh, headline on the screen. They were showing a, uh, an interview with Ruben Insua, San Lorenzo's manager, who um, completely disproved the joke that Andres made during the first half of the podcast, because he said, we all want to play like City, but none of us can, basically, or I don't, I don't see any teams out here that, that manage it. Um, so it turns out that he actually has been showing them Manchester City videos and telling them to do that, and they just can't, apparently. Um, anyway, San Lorenzo, all the same, did manage to get a win. And a goal. Last night. Perhaps more impressively. Only one, though, uh, yet again. <laughs> How many did they? Unsurprisingly. Uh, they beat Dim, Independiente Medellin, 1-0 in Medellin, in the Copa. I was about to say Argentina, but of course, as you all know, Medellin is not... That is the playoff, right? They, they must win the, this playoff to get to the group stage. Exactly. No, to get to the uh, round 16. Ah, yeah, yeah, the knockout stage. Um, so they have won, thanks to a goal from Adam Barreiro, half won. They, they won. Past they tense, win. rather than present perfect. Um, in the first leg, the second leg is in Bajo Flores... On the 19th of July, so what's that, next Wednesday. Yes. Uh, the other results so far in the Sudamericana playoff round, this is the round with the third-place teams from the Libertadores playing the second-place teams in the Sudamericana group stage, just to remind you all that we talked about last week. Corinthians beat Universitario 1-0 in San Paulo. Oh, that wasn't the first match, in fact, sorry. Colo Colo beat America Mineiro uh, 2-1 in Santiago de Chile. Right. Barcelona... Got a 2-1 win over Estudiantes de la Plata in, in oh no, not Quito, I was about to say Quito, Guayaquil. Guayaquil. Corinthians beat Universitario 1-0 in San Paulo. Uh, Patronato lost here, here, in Paraná, <laughs> up there in Paraná, but here in Argentina. Oh, they did actually play in Paraná as well, because I've been playing yeah. the Libertadores games in Santa Fe. Yeah, of course they have, yes. I, I, but not felicitously, I, I've forgotten that and managed to therefore get it right accidentally. Uh, they lost 2-0 to Botafogo at home. As we've just mentioned, Independiente Medellin lost 1-0 at home to San Lorenzo. In Lima, Emelec got a 1-0 away win over Botin Cristal. At the moment, in 
Santiago or just outside Santiago, wherever they play. New Blense versus Audax Italiano is nil nil. No, hang on, New Blense aren't Chilean, are they? Yes. yes. But Audax yes. Italiano are Chilean as well. Yes. Oh, okay, it's not Chilean side. Okay, perfect. Yes, they are Chilean. Good. And in 22 minutes' time, Libertad versus Tigre will kick off in Asuncion or Luque. Libertad and the team who play in Luque, aren't they? Really? Which is part of Greater Asuncion. Uh, possibly. Or is that Cerro Porteño? It might be Cerro They're playing in the different side of Cerro Chaco anyway today. Yes. So that is Asuncion. Um, those are all of the ties. After that, we've got the second legs all next week. Uh, so, from an Argentine point of view, what have we got so far? A defeat for Estudiantes, a defeat for Patronato, a victory for San Lorenzo. So, yep. it's all on Tigre to even things up and make it 2-2 in terms of losses. Uh, but, of course, Estudiantes have the return leg with Barcelona at home in La Plata, so... They may be thinking you know, more about that than playing against River, perhaps. I mean, you think, yeah, yeah. since the River yeah, match means there. absolutely yes. nothing to them. Um, of course, that's one thing that River can cling to, but another thing that River and Barcelona can both cling to is that Estudiantes aren't, aren't very good. Um, they've got... That, that is what make, makes it... That proves that the, perhaps the Liga Profesional isn't very competitive, like, what they all say, or, or a lot of people, or even players... Coaches say that Argentine football is quite competitive. I think that at this point it's not like that. Um, I think it depends, to be honest, because Estudiantes are probably what, the eighth best team in Argentine football. If you take you know the teams that have already gone through in the Libertadores and mm-hmm. San Lorenzo and Defensa Justicia, uh, Newells who are already in the sort of Americana last sixteen and. Barcelona are quite comfortably the second best team in Ecuador behind uh, Independiente del Valle. Yeah. So, yeah, perspective, perspective. I mean, the other thing is that Estudiantes, just like looking at their form, they have, in all competitions, they've got one win in the last eight matches. And yeah. that was at home to, no offence, any Bolivian listeners, but to a Bolivian side in the Copa Sudamericana. Um, I don't think it's an awful result for Estudiantes considering, you know, they had two games in fairly quick succession before, you know, against uh, Racing and against someone else. So they played, yeah, so they played one. They had three games in six days. Mm. So four four in ten days actually, starting against um, Central Gordo. So a bit of fatigue there, very possibly. Um, Yeah, and the other thing is that I, I get the impression that with with Argentine, when we talk about the league... Jeez, you know, so they only have three days from that game against Racing and then to have to go all the way to Guayaquil, which is really shit. Two full days trip between them, in fact, because yeah. the game against Racing was played on the 8th and they had the 9th and 10th and then they played Barcelona on yeah. the 11th. Yeah. And that trip to Guayaquil is famously horrible mm. for uh, Argentine teams because there's no direct flight. You have to go to yeah. Quito and then go <laughs> get back over. Like, um, yeah, I don't think they'll be too upset with that result. Uh, definitely. And you can definitely think um, you that it's one way to turn around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, talking about the, you know, using the, the continental things as uh, competitions, as, as, as measurements of how competitive the league is, I think that the, having now been paying attention to this league for shit, 20 years ago was my first visit to Argentina. I've been here for 20 years. 
on and off. Wow. Um, for two decades, then, having been paying attention to the league for two decades, one thing that a conclusion that I think I've reached is that it's competitive when there's a competitive season in the league, like when there's an actual title race, it could be, mm. it's always great fun. But when it looks quite early on as if one team is clearly above the others, as is the case in the current campaign, for instance, where we realised after the first few weeks, even though San Lorenzo were doing really well yeah, for their opening matches, about, we kind of called that, well, it's... From about eight games in, I think it was, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, were crap. And when that happens, crap. when that happens, I get the impression that a lot of the teams just kind of especially the ones who are involved in continental competition, maybe are just like, well, we're going to concentrate more on that. and We're not going to bother too much about the league. And you just you end up with a lot of interest being lost on the part of the players um, who don't want to put too much effort in. I don't know whether some of it as well is that a lot of the younger, the more talented ones are also thinking, don't want to injure myself. Might get a big move to Europe if I continue to impress individually, but without pushing it too much, or whatever. Um and yeah, some of it, as, as we mentioned after Racing had that really quite awful start to the season, and as then started the start, doing really was, well in the Libertadores yeah. group stage, the Argentine League is a strong one compared with the rest of South America. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, behind Brazil, it's the second best league by a long, long distance. Like, there's no discussion about that, really. Hmm. Um, yeah, or at least strongest. Yes. Yeah, perhaps. Because in no. terms of what you want to watch, I don't know. Yeah, I'm saying it's... But Behind Brazil, of, like yeah. no other league gets close to it. Exactly, yeah. In, in terms of uh, continental yeah, performance, yeah, yeah shut Um But yeah, I mean, it, so it's a funny one. I kind of wonder whether Estudiantes are saving their best performances for other uh, stages. Let's say if they are, then let's face it, they're not exactly tearing up trees in the Sudamericana anyway. But I would agree with Dan that they'll fancy their chances in the second leg. I would have thought. Um, San Lorenzo did either of you manage to watch Dima versus San Lorenzo I wanted to but I couldn't because in their infinite wisdom uh, the powers that be put the game on direct TV which I don't have and I'm assuming most people in Argentina don't have in fairness to the powers that be direct TV do have the rights to the composite of Americana and have had for a few years but the reason but who sold those rights to them yes indeed. the powers that be indeed I will not also, hear anything in favour of the powers that be and the reason uh, that, that Dan is making this complaint is that for whatever reason um, since this deal was done here in Argentina ever since DirecTV have had the Sudamericana they have been allowing Argentine club matches in the Sudamericana to be screened on ESPN as well mm. so that people in Argentina can still I mean, obviously that's not just the whole reason. They're not doing it, oh, we have to let Argentines watch it. So we're going to put their matches on ESPN. Um, but, you know, there is no... The DirecTV don't own ESPN. ESPN or Disney don't own DirecTV. So there's been some kind of agreement there. But for whatever reason, as Dan says, uh, last night, Dean versus San Lorenzo, quite bizarrely, wasn't on ESPN in Argentina. Yeah. So, yeah. don't know if it's because it's this weird intermediate round of... And not the uh, group stage proper and the last 16 proper. Maybe ESPN just didn't realise this was happening and therefore didn't <laughs> make a move for, for the rights of these games and DirecTV were there to take advantage. Hmm. Any, anything's possible. Indeed. Uh, but, yeah, whatever we... There are some good names in the Dean squad, by the way. Right winger called Deiner Quinones. Uh, and one of the Dean subs last night was called Laser Chavera. Renteria. Huh? I like that. Laser. 
is laser. Laser. L e y s e r. Laser. Well, yes, Colombia. I a strong passer with that name. Chef's kiss. Accurate passer. Standards that. Yes, indeed. Very good. Um, but yeah, those are your Copa Sudamericana results. The Libertadores does not get underway until the first week in August. Uh, I mean, sorry, it's already got underway, but you know what I mean. It doesn't get back underway until the first week in August, so we can't give you any updates on that. What are we missing? What are we missing? Messi? Can we say anything about Messi into Miami? He's been training today. He released a chicken sandwich, as we mentioned earlier. I think that was about it. Um, the TV channels uh, here have been uh, entertaining themselves um, with clips of the Inter Miami Barra who have drums and a lot of flares and stuff, and they're led by an Argentine. Okay. So, um, I think that's so far. Get a warm welcome. The reaction of, of supporters and, and media and that was more or less what we could have expected. Perhaps what is not so expected is that the presentation of Messi that will be on Sunday, I think, official presentation of the stadium, there, there will be tickets sold for that. I remember. Oh, it's going to be massive. It's going to be absolutely yeah, massive. That's been done at the Premier League, hasn't it? Done Newcastle used to do that. Ah, okay. I don't know. You tell me. I'm sure so. they did. I'm sure Shearer or something back in 1996 when he signed for Newcastle was maybe there weren't tickets sold, but it was certainly a big event. And in my head, Newcastle are the English team who have the reputation for selling out the stadium for player <laughs> unveilings and whatnot. I'm probably embellishing that slightly, but um, um. Okay, do we know how much tickets are available for? for if we've got any fans listening from Miami? I'm just looking that up. I won't, I won't be able to make it. I was ho- <laughs> hoping I, I, I got we're, for... We're remote. planning on sending you as our correspondent, Andres, so I'm very disappointed in you. So, season tickets, holders, get them for free, reasonably enough. At the present of Inter Miami, I think that somehow... I know that disappointed supporters, but uh, he won't. He didn't make sure that uh, Messi will be playing in the first match, or I think it was Cruz Azul for the for that competition that played that that Mexican and uh, teams from MLS. Uh, that it wasn't sure because he has been well. He started training today. Yeah, and he'll be there at least, which I think is yeah. enough for most people. So tickets start at. $200 a pop. Bloody hell. Really? And go up beyond 1000 To watch him hold a t-shirt in the air and do a bit of keepy-uppy for two minutes. Correct. This is for the game. <laughs> like, so you get to oh, see I the game. Oh, I thought you meant for the unveiling. It's on the same day. Ah, right. I mean, that's, yeah. still, that's still ludicrous. And $200. $200 is the starting price, which I assume has been long gone. God. Their stadium holds 18,000 people and they're adding bleachers in three corners to bump up the capacity by 3,000 ahead of his first game. Oh, so it's going to be just like the Monumental with the new stands? Pretty much, yeah. Um, one wow. thing that I have just noticed while Dan was looking that up is that, and I noticed it via the live matches tab. Uh, I'll just go add one, one more thing, Sam. On the SeatGeek website, uh, apparently there's a pair of tickets going for... $22,000 each. Yeah, I find that depressingly more believable than that the base face value is $200. Um, but yes, via the live scores tab on SofaScore, I have just noticed that the under-20 Copa Libertadores is taking place. 
Actually, I noticed this a few minutes ago because I was scrolling through Twitter during the break and saw Peter tweeting about it. Um, Boca Juniors are in the final. They've just beaten Peñarol 1-0. And right now, in fact, by the look of it, any second now, Independiente del Valle are 1-0 up against Cerro Porteño in the 90-plus minute. Um, so by the look of it, it's going to be a Boca Juniors versus Independiente del Valle final. Uh, the Liber- the under-20 Libertadores is sort of played as a short tournament in. Uh, this year's one is in... Oh, it doesn't tell me where the venue is, but anyway, it's all played in one. It's a bit like the Libertadores Femenina and the Sudamericano and all that other stuff. Um, the groups, just to take you through, we may as well, right? Were the Peñarol uh, won Group A, which consisted of them, Caracas, O'Higgins, and Alianza Lima. Independiente del Valle won Group B, consisting of Independiente del Valle, Cerro Porteño, Envigado, and Always Ready. Boca won Group C, which consisted of Boca, Palmeiras, Defensor Sporting, and Huachipato. Um, and I'm not quite sure. That's only three groups, so I don't know how they then came to decide that the semi-finals were going to be Boca, Peñarol, and Independiente del Valle versus Cerro Porteño. Cerro Porteño qualified by virtue of having... Best second place record? The yes, uh, six points. Palmeiras only have five points in second of Group C. Caracas and Cerro Porteño both got six points in second place of their groups, and Cerro Porteño had better goal difference. They scored um, seven and let in four, whereas Caracas scored eight and let in six. So okay. there we go. The under twenty Libertadores. Mm-hmm. Don't know when the final's going to be because the score doesn't say. But we also have a bumper week of Copa Argentina coming up, Sam. Did you know? I haven't noticed that. Yeah. No, do tell us. We mentioned one of the games, River against Tacheres. Yes, but yeah. there are five more games. Uh, on Wednesday, Defensa y Justicia play Centro Español. Uh, In Santa Cruz. Most likely, yeah. On Wednesday as well, Racing play San Martín de Tucumán. And I know... For a fact, that game is going to be in the Estadio Kempes of Córdoba because it initially oh. seemed they were going to play it in San Nicolás. And I got ex- excited because I was going to go and now I won't. That venue actually is between the two cities though, which is a bit disappointing. I mean, San Nicolás is technically too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just a little bit closer to me, which is better. Um, and River, cap off the facilities on Wednesday as Tacheres, as mentioned. Then on Thursday... That's, that's basically a Tacheres home game. I don't know. No, they won't be playing the campus as well. Oh, I thought that's what you were saying. Sorry. No, I don't know where okay. River Tacheres are playing. Probably Nine River. I don't know, Vélez Stadium or something. Mm. Uh, then on Thursday, San Martín de San Juan are playing Vélez. Villa Mitre of Bahia Blanca are playing Gode Cruz. And Barraca Central are playing Boca Juniors. And all of those games... I played one after the other on each day and are all live on Tears Sports. So if you're really f- stuck for something to do on Wednesday and Thursday, sit in front of your TV for eight hours and watch uh, six Copa Argentina games back to back. Yes, as long as you're in Argentina and have a cable television package. Yeah. If, if you're not... Then... Well, you can use one of those websites I've heard about. Uh, yes, or so we've heard. 
Ja, ja UN, das ist Sports Das ist Sports Play Day. Das ist ein Streaming System. That must be blocked outside Argentina, ah, sure. Yeah, yeah, school. I've never entered it outside Argentina, but I would imagine. If only there were programs you could download that would allow you to access it. I don't know. I wouldn't know about that. Uh, but unfortunately there aren't, so we can't give you any recommendations. Yes. Um, yeah, thank you for that, Dan. So just looking at those, obviously Ribotacheris stands out because they're first and second in the top flight, but... Racing San Martin is tasty. Yeah. Well, for you. I mean, you know. As a Racing fan with, with family from Dougal Man. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a, an Edwards derby, definitely. Indeed. Um, Edwards slash Fernandez derby, I should, I should say. Quite. And after that, oh, next week is, uh, or well, this says next week, but it won't be, is Patronato versus Argentinos. The other, the other games I've seen are TBC at the moment, yeah. um, but they might be played next week. No, they? no, it's, it's, it's not next week, it's just Sofa scored in the normal thing of pretending everything's scheduled for midnight on the 25th, when in oh. fact it hasn't been scheduled for midnight on the 25th, unsurprisingly. Fair enough. Um, although apparently, according to this, all of those matches are scheduled for midnight on a random date, apart from Independiente versus Central Cordoba, which SofaScore reckon is definitely on for the 15th of August at 5pm. Which also sounds like bollocks to me, but (laughs) there we go. Shall we do some listeners' questions? Yes. No, no we shan't, because we haven't had any. We had Um, one late last week. I was going to say, yeah, we have have in fact had one, but I just wanted the comedy of asking you and you saying yes and then me saying no. Derek Ryan says, and since Dan has, um, I apologise for the crashing sounds in the background, but I think Noel must have woken up and started playing with something. Um, Derek Ryan says, and since Dan spotted that this question had been asked, I'm expecting Dan to have already researched it and to have a detailed answer for us. Oh, shit. Who are the favourites for promotion this year? First of all, Derek, we're going to meet you more than halfway here and hope that you mean from the second division in men's... Argentine football. It would be useful, yeah. Um, if you were talking about the Primera Day, for example, all of the teams, because that league is um, folding and all of the teams are going into the Primera Day. Oh, wow, okay. Well, I yeah. was not aware of that. But yes, yes. Um, I've mentioned it before on the pod. You clearly weren't listening. Obviously. Um, too, close, too close to call, really. Um, the Primera Nacional is... Uh, There's two groups, for starters, so it's going to go into a knockout. Yes, yeah, so and no team goes up thing. automatically. So, yeah. <laughs> By so, definition, it will always be too close to call until yeah. the end of the playoff. But, you know what I mean, Sam. Um, but only one point separates the leaders from the chasing pack in each group. In Zone A, Agropecuario uh, lead Almirante Brown by a single point with San Martin and San Juan only another back. This is in spite of Agropecuario having, when you look at their form record, displayed in the form of one loss, one loss, um, quite a pleasingly, not quite symmetrical pattern, because their record in the last 10 matches is one lost, one lost, one, disappointingly, one, lost, one, lost, then draw. Um, they just, they don't draw many games. Um, no, but they do drop plenty of points, yeah. and therefore... Why are they still top by a point? Because they've won more games than everyone else. Indeed, because Almirante Brown aren't Draws apparently aren't worth that much in football. Although Almirante Brown are also, on average at least, winning every other game. Because they've won, lost, won, drawn, lost, won, won, mm. lost, drawn, won. Yes. But we have a few more draws in the way. Yes. Anyway, and then down in zone B, it's... Oh, 
uh, and all men dice a shootout. Independiente Rivadavia leading Deportivo Maipú by a single point as well, 43 to 42. And also, I don't know whether you noticed, Dan, but in Group A, Gimnasia de Mendoza are in fourth. Um, they are, yeah. Only four points off the lead. So Absolutely. If, if, um, if Derek was asking which city is the favourite to produce a potential promotion team, then I think we might not bet against Mendoza. Mendoza is, is looking good for that, yeah. My boys, the team, in the team where Enzo Perez said he will retire. Yes. So it will be crazy or what? Uh, interesting to see him playing there against River, for example, if they get promoted. He's not playing there at the moment, though, is he? No. He's in River. Yes, no, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, to be clear, that was intended, although it didn't sound like it, <laughs> as a rhetorical question, just for the benefit of our listeners. I am aware that Enzo Perez is still playing for River. Um, uh, so, yeah, basically, I'm going to. Um, Stick to my original hypothesis. Too close to court at the moment. I think there's still a long way to go in this. I can't remember exactly how many uh, features this tournament has, but it's definitely absolutely loads and loads and loads. I think I think everybody plays everybody else. Thirty-eight in group. So it's almost like a real league. Yeah, but not thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Are they getting thirty-eight from two groups of? 18 teams, so not with 34. I don't know. Ah, because not everybody plays everybody in, in every room. So there are 38 rounds, but I think everyone's going to finish having played 34 matches. Ah, uh, that would, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe. Yes. yes, correct. Even though there are an even number of teams in each group, so there's no. Ah, no, there aren't. There are an odd number of teams in Group A. That's why. I think odd is the oper- operative word here. There are 19 teams in Group A and 18 in Group B. So, yeah, that must be why there are 38 rounds of games. And therefore, of course, Group A is going to have 36 match- 36 rounds and Group B is going to have 34. Naturally. Um, Favourites for relegation, meanwhile, I'm heartbroken to tell you, include San, Lor- San Telmo, um, who are bottom of Group A. Misha Dalmine, where Diego Maradona... Mm-hmm famously once gave a half-time team talk uh, our bottom of Group B and then the other two teams the two teams immediately above those two I think play off against each other to decide who goes down Correct. in the third spot and that is currently Flandria in Group B and Tristan mm-hmm. Suarez in Group sorry did I just say Flandria in Group B I meant to say Flandria in Group A and Tristan Suarez in Group B but as we've just said still an awful lot of football to be played because so far Group A has played either 22 or 23 matches and Group B everyone's played 21 matches so far and they're all going to finish on like 34 to 38 matches mm-hmm. played um, so there we go thank you very much for asking that question just a few hours late for last week's podcast Derek but uh, if you hadn't asked it then we wouldn't have had any questions at all to read out just now and since we're going through our Twitter notifications just to say check our Twitter profile because we um retweeted last night a very interesting blog post from squad numbers dot last night slash early this morning depending which time zone you're in from squad numbers dot com um, on uh, so squad numbers dot com is, is run by Dennis Hurley who some of you might follow on Twitter who is a big squad numbers nerd and is also a big Arsenal fan and in honour of the fact that Arsenal next season in the Premier League will be able technically speaking to field a back four in traditional Argentine 
um, numbering, he's done a blog post about the history of Argentina's four, two, six, three from right to left uh, shirt numbers in the back four. And I thought you were saying the formation. I was like, that's far too many players. No, no. no it is. Um, right back wearing number four. Gotcha. Centre backs wearing two and six on the right and left, and then the left well, they, number three. And why they, that happened? During the match again uh, between Baracas uh, Central and River, I think there was a player with the ninety-two t-shirt number of t-shirt. Mm. He mentions a twenty-two actually. He mentions the Javier Saletti wore twenty-two in the twenty o six World Cup. Well, I said ninety-two. Oh, ninety-two. Oh, Sorry, yes. so we said twenty-two. Yes. We Quite just right. had another question. Oh, go on. Thank oh. you. Have we? From Tommy Buendia. Where's that? That's Perfect Tommy. Well, I'll refresh the page. Well, you're a little bit behind. Well, do you want to read it out then? Because for some reason, Twitter yes. isn't showing it to me. Would you try Messi's latest Harbrook burger creation? Do you think he actually eats it? Um, first of all, having once reviewed a biography of Lionel Messi, mm-hmm. um, Chiqui Milanese is his favourite food. Cooked by his mum. I've heard this, yes. So I can well yes. believe that that's why they picked it. And secondly, I will never try it because I'm probably never going to go to Miami. No, but I, they said that they... don't really have any interest in going into a hard rock cafe. I know the, 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 how it will be, but uh, they said that it will be at the hard rock of Puerto Madero also. Oh, in that uh, case. I'm that still changes everything. <laughs> yeah. um, I still haven't tried a dimble burger, I must admit. You know, have you, Sam? No, I haven't. No. Because, I, again, I, I, it, there are better places in Buenos Aires to get burgers than yeah. Mostaza. And I have had a, a burger from Mostaza in the past because I was curious. And it was not very good. It was just a fast food burger. Um, chicken Milanese sandwiches are lovely. They are, yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to try the messy one. If I ever do find myself in Miami, I probably will, just so just I can to say, say I've done have. that in Miami. But I'm not going to do it anywhere else in any other hard rock cafe, and I'm probably going to die without visiting Miami. <laughs> no offence to, to Miami, but just there are so many other places that I'll visit before I imagine going there. It's not on my bucket list. Um, so, yeah. Andres? Well, I, I don't know, really. Uh, it's a milanesa de pollo. It's a chicken milanesa. Mm. It's not, not no secrets. Unless you have the, I know, the messy face painted on it, or, I know, some special ingredient that he selected specially for that sandwich. If it's a, a, a chicken milanesa that says messy chicken milanesa, I don't see uh, something special for. He doesn't strike me as somebody with interesting culinary. I mean, as I just said, his favourite food is his mum's chicken milanesa. So I, I'm guessing that he's not somebody with a um, a, a wide and varied palate. No. It's not going to have curry sauce on it or something. Dan, are you going to try? Because you've not answered the question. You read it out. But... Um, if I'm in a situation by some weird shift of twist of fate that I am find myself in the Miami Harbour Cafe and have to order something to eat... I might order it, um, but I do want to uh, add one thing which I saw in uh, on Twitter from Sid Lowe who uh, pointed out that Barca actually pioneered this with um, their own club burger while Leo was still at the club. Okay. It was um, fatty, messy and greasy. Okay. <laughs> right. Yes. Very good. 
Blame is, sister. There, is there an actual burger though, or is no, it no, just, no. it's purely just this jug, just a joke. Yes. Okay, that's a shame. Yeah, but I remember, for example, I mean, burgers tend to be that anyway. So that's if something. You buy a burger in Barcelona, you can pretend. That's well, a, in my experience, getting a burger in Barcelona isn't the easiest thing to order. Indeed, in any Spanish city is not particularly easy. Mm. Um, that's something quite uh, common in Argentine football players. Because, for example, I remember when Carlos Tevez uh, got married. At the party, when well, you usually have caviar and, and expensive food. In this, in his case, uh, he the, the one of the dishes uh, was, for example, pastel de papa. It, uh, that cake with with, with meat and, and potato. Mm. Traditional Argentine dish. Cottage pie for our ah, okay. yes, pretty much business. Yeah. Okay. So, whatever meat and potatoes mix for Americans. Slightly more chunk to the potatoes, maybe, depending on how it's made. But, yeah, yeah basically the same thing. Um, yeah, those are... I mean, Dan, unless you can see any others. I can't work out why Tommy's question isn't showing up in our notification. It came up right before the buzzer. Um, I think that's it. We did have a nice message from Joseph Sexton, which wasn't a question. Oh, yeah, we did. And it confused me a bit because I couldn't remember mentioning Ponte Vedra on last week's episode, but apparently we did. Um, and he says it's a delightful place, as the Galicians say, Buenos Aires e a quinta provincia de Galicia. Uh, Luckily, we didn't share what Buenos Aires people say about Galicians. Indeed. Well, about Spaniards, who they all refer to as Galicians. Yeah. Um, which, for those who don't Ponte speak Vera? Galego, means Buenos Aires is the fifth province of Galicia. What did we say about Galicia? I remember I, we, we said genuinely something. genuinely can't remember... Even mentioning Pontevedra. So. We definitely mentioned Galicia. I can't remember saying anything about Pontevedra. I mean, the one thing I can think of now, but I'm pretty sure I didn't bring it up, is the fact that the World Cup of Pool was recently played in Galicia, but that was in Lugo, not Pontevedra, so I'm yeah. struggling to work out. And it's also a football tournament, not a, an Argentina one playing in it. I don't know why I'd have talked about it, even though I was yeah. watching it. We definitely said something about Galicia, but I cannot remember. So, Joseph, if you mentioned listening this week please remind us what we said yes indeed and congratulations to the Philippines who won the World Cup pool in Galicia um, oh. about a week and a half ago um, shall we do Mystic Sam let's do Mystic Sam we've got nothing else to, yeah. to talk about right? don't go away Before I read these comments out, I will mention something that I've just remembered that was mentioned uh, by one of the people on the Football Trivia WhatsApp group that I'm in, that I've mentioned a few times in passing on the podcast. Just a few. And that is that on FIFA's FIFA Plus service on their website, uh, they currently have all of the matches from the 2022 World Cup free to watch, apparently. Hmm. I'm not quite sure whether they're normally paid for or whether they've just managed to upload them for the first time. Um, but yeah, if you want to relive Argentina's World Cup win, then you can do so on FIFA Plus. I think FIFA Plus, though, the name will make you think that it's paid. I, don't think, I think it's not paid. No, I well, think. that's what I thought, but yes. somebody, uh, the, the person in question is a football journalist, so I'm assuming uses it and is familiar with it, and therefore there was a reason behind them mentioning that they're free. But anyway, you can watch it. Um, round 25 of the Liga Profesional de Football 
is going to be kicking off on Friday evening at 1900 when the Titans of Godoy Cruz host the immovable objects of Defensa y Justicia. I think that's going to be a Godoy Cruz win. I think that Sarmiento versus Vélez Sarsfield is going to be a draw. I think that Huracán versus Tacheres is going to be a Tacheres victory. Union versus Platense will be a Platense win. Racing will draw at home to Rosario Central. River, Tacheres remember having won the previous evening. River will go into the match with Estudiantes, still needing at least a draw to seal the title. And I think that they will get a win and therefore will be crowned champions of Argentina in the match that Andres probably won't be at because he was trying to get tickets and that's uh, the fact that he's here tonight is because he was unable to get tickets. Um, what the consolation prize? If that's confusing you by the way it's because the ticket sales opened up like an hour before we started recording and when Andres saw where he was in the queue he decided that he actually could make it onto this recording. <laughs> that's where you stand dear listeners in his uh, list of priorities. Um, Belgrano versus San Lorenzo will be a draw. Gimnasia versus Boca will be a draw. Lanús versus Banfield, the Clásico del Sur, is going to be a Lanús win. Well, our viewers can, our viewers, our listeners can watch that as well because it's live on TV Pública, which I believe is oh. free to stream, right, on YouTube. Or at least uh, it was at some point. Might be, although they, when they had it on Football Para Todos back in the day, they used to geo-block when there was a football match on, uh, so they don't have the right uh, outside Argentina. Oh, I see. So you may or may not need one of those apps we've heard can be installed that allow you to pretend you're <laughs> in Argentina. Argentinos Juniors versus Colón is going to be an Argentinos win. Central Córdoba versus Independiente uh, is going to be a draw. Just an aside here. But just seeing the two club badges next to each other there, I've just noticed that it, Central Cordoba's badge is kind of similar to Independiente del Valle's badge. Mm. And therefore you could, you know, just if you were a bit bleary-eyed, you could be forgiven for forgetting that they're not playing each other. Except, you mean like course, we are after the best part of two for now? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Except obviously that Independiente del Valle don't play in the Argentine League. <laughs> Tigre, uh, who I think are in action, yeah. Right, yes. this second away to remind me who, even though I said it earlier. Libertad. To Libertad. Um, it's currently nil nil after 12, minutes. 12 and a half minutes. Uh, they host Barraca Central on the 17th, which is going to be Monday, I think. Um, I think that's going to be a Tigre win. I think that Arsenal de Sarandi. Ooh, hang on, do I think it's going to be a Tigre win? Because they've got the second leg of this next week as well. I think that's going to be a draw. I think Arsenal de Sarandi versus Instituto will also be a draw, and I think that Newell's old boys will get a win at home to Atletico Tucumán to close out the round. Some. some Decent job by Heinze so far. Not perhaps. Well, when I, I, I remember or recall uh, his press conferences are uh, for, in first place, he fights with journalists, he's <laughs> like that. And uh, I, I remember one journalist saying or, or, or questioning about the, the way the team played and results and he said that he, the, the key part of his job is to promote players and, and for, to uh, provide them with tools in order to be able to play in first division and is to build a team and not, not uh, making sure that they will have a great result. And, but I think that so far he's more or less decent, not 
but not really in the courts. But yeah, but I'm not sure he's got an entirely good grasp on uh, what his job is, given that he's the the manager of the first team. Like, mm. right? Uh, I, I, yeah. He he's not the manager of of their youth development squad. No, no, but uh, I mean, I mean, he's managing. <laughs> But he was old boys first, so his job actually is to make sure they get the results. It's not. To, I mean, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that you're quoting him right. I'm just saying no, that he's he, got a slightly mixed well, up. What he tried to say was that they, well, they don't have a lot of players. Mm. Uh, I mean, they have a great youth division, and and that's why he perhaps tried to make them, yeah, uh, like form them, and then try to is yes, if you want to put a comparison to compare. What what the Michels did at, for Bayern Munich, the difference is that that he he was not the main division. The exactly, yeah, division. Like there is when you're managing the under twenties yes. or Bayern Munich two or whatever, your job literally is to produce players for the first team. Whereas Hengsay was talking as if that was his job, when in fact his job is to get results. Yeah. Uh, but presumably he's been told he's got until the end of the season to just give them a chance to be more competitive next year or something, and that was the point he was making. Um, anyway, a bit of extra colour. But yeah, I'm looking forward to River Estudiantes. Should be a decent game anyway. But Huracan Tacheres before it is going to make it a little bit juicier if Tacheres get the expected win. Gimnasia versus Boca should be tight and not mm. particularly pretty to watch, but I thought it was going to be aggro enough to make it tense and taut and exciting in its own way. And obviously Lanus versus Banfield is... Right after Gimnasia versus Boca, so that's a good, solid block of a couple of matches. That Racing Central has potential. It's two teams that tend to score a few goals, but also concede a few goals, and that often makes for a decent games. And Los Mafia are not playing for anything, right? Or perhaps for to continue. Both are fighting for their lives against yeah. relegation. relegation. Well, Lanús obviously Lanús are fourth, as we mentioned earlier, and Banfield at yeah twenty six. They're I wouldn't say fighting for their lives. They're seven points clear of Arsenal. Six of Wodegan um, who are in their last relegation spot. Yeah. And, and, well, no, they're not. Are they? Cause, oh, no, of course, yeah, because Arsenal are bottom of both tables yes. and therefore Wodegan are currently... Yeah, I was <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, so, yeah, Banfield are six points clear of, of safety at the moment, but obviously with so many matches to go... they got to pick up points from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. They, they need to pick up points to make sure that Wodegan don't have an amazing group stage of the Copa de la Liga or something and screw it up for them. So I think Oregon will pick up points at some point because they were good and now they've just been kind of anomalously yeah, bad. And worse than they are now. It will regress kind of to the mean at some point yeah, and that's where so. Banfield have to watch out because they're just not very good. Mm. Um, it's hard to, apart to play worse than this. So it's, it's, they will easily play better. Indeed it is. But anyway, we will see you next week when we expect to be talking about River Plate's championship. But we'll have to wait and see. Come back next week to find out. Thank you very much indeed for listening to us for another week. And goodbye from English Dan. Goodbye. Andres. Thank you. Goodbye. And me. Thank you. And goodbye. Goodbye.